الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له رب العالمين وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا محمد عبده ورسوله الصادق الأمين المبعوث رحمة للعالمين صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه الطيبين الطاهرين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد my dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Tonight, we go towards Surah Al Furqan, Surah number 25, ayah number 27. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes a scene on the Day of Judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ba'dan a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanir rajim, Bismillahir rahmanir rahim, wa yawma ya'addu al-zalimu ala yadayh. يَقُولُ يَا لَيْتَنِ اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا يَا وَيْلَتَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أَتَّخِذْ فُلَانًا خَلِيلًا لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ إِذْ جَاءَنِي وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خَذُولًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing what will happen on the Day of Judgment. And there is some background to this ayah, to the revelation of this ayah. In the Meccan era, before the Hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, in the beginning of his da'wah and invitation towards Islam, the Mushrikeen of Mecca had the upper hand, and they were in control of Mecca, and they were persecuting the believers, and they were tormenting them and making it difficult for the weak believers to practice their faith. It was during this time that one of the great merchants of Mecca and one of the notable leaders of the Mushrikeen of Mecca, Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, he wanted to celebrate the return of his trade caravan with great profits. He was so happy that he had made a huge profit in his investment when his caravan came back with all the merchandise sold and great profit he was very happy and elated and he wanted to invite the leaders of the Quraysh to a party so as he was inviting all the leaders he also invited Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam our beloved prophet as he was a noble from the Banu Hashim clan of the Quraysh and the Banu Hashim was the leading family of the Quraysh so purely from a tribal perspective as he was inviting the leaders of the various clans and the various uh, sub uh, groups within the Quraysh he also invited Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam even though he himself was a disbeliever he himself was a mushrik he had not become a muslim nor had he adopted islam Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam accepted his invitation and came but he did not partake of the food and he said I will not eat anything until you fulfill my one request if you, if you fulfill my request then I will eat of your food so Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt he was really embarrassed that Rasulullah was a guest at his home and was not eating any food and this was very difficult for him to bear 
as the Arabs were renowned for their hospitality and how generous they used to be with guests. So this was a great insult for him and was highly embarrassing for him. If Rasulullah left his home without eating, so he asked Rasulullah what in the world is your condition? What is your stipulation? What is your wish and desire? I am ready to fulfill it if it is possible for me anything I can do just so that you eat before you leave and you do not leave without eating. So Rasulullah of course had only one wish and only one burning desire and, and that was that every ummati of his should be saved from the fire of Jahannam and should be able to enter the everlasting gardens of Jannah. So that is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam told him, Uqba, just recite this kalima of shahada and you will have pleased me so much, I will participate in your meal, in your in your feast that you have prepared. I will partake of it. Uqba ibn Mu'ayth, he did not think twice. He was more concerned about the embarrassment and he did not think about what it entails, what it means, what the significance is. But just looking at his immediate interest and his need, he went ahead and he recited the kalima. The Prophet ﷺ was overjoyed and he went ahead and he joined in the meal. However, news of this event spread amongst the people of Makkah and it reached Ubay ibn Khalaf. He heard about it, who was a close friend of Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayth. This Ubay ibn Khalaf was a great enemy of Islam and hated Na'udhu Billah Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he hated the deen of Islam. He is one of the worst enemies of Islam right up there with Abu Jahal and Abu Lahab. Ubayy ibn Khalaf is amongst the top Jahannamis and among those just like we have the Ashara Mubashara Bil Jannah the 10 Sahaba guaranteed Jannah there is no such official list of 10 deprived people who have been guaranteed Jahannam but if there would be such a Ashara Mubashara Bil Nar then he would have been on top of that list as well we can imagine how evil this man was that he used to threaten Rasulullah that I will kill you one day and one day I will enjoy killing you and he used to tell the Prophet that there is a horse I'm raising it and I'm training it and one day in battle I will be riding this horse and I will come and attack you and I will kill you on one such occasion, Rasulullah finally replied and said, O Ubay, you will actually die by my hand. And this is something worth noting that in all of the battles that Rasulullah participated, there is no one that he personally attacked and killed, with the exception of Ubay ibn Khalaf. He is the only one in the battle of Uhud who died by the hands of Rasulullah and Rasulullah has said in one hadith 
من قتل نبيا أو قتله نبي The worst of all people are the one is the one who kills a Nabi of Allah or is killed by a Nabi of Allah Sharrul Nas, the worst of all people Man Qatala Nabiyan is the one who kills a Prophet of Allah This is easy to understand because the Prophet of Allah is the one who has brought the path of guidance and is a source of mercy is the one connecting us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is full of love for the Ummah and if somebody goes ahead and kills the Prophet of Allah, how deprived that person must be, how cursed that individual must be. However, the second part of the hadith requires explanation. Not only is the worst person the one who kills the Prophet of Allah, but also the one qatalahu nabiyun, who is killed by a Prophet of Allah. How is that person the worst person? Because the mercy of the, the Prophet of Allah is full of mercy and is rahmah. And if anyone has even an ounce of goodness in him, the Prophet of Allah would never kill that person. It is only the most wretched person who is on, uh, 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 who has no ounce of goodness in him or khair in him, who is so evil and despicable that even the most merciful Prophet of Allah would actually kill him. There would be, there is no ounce of goodness in that individual. That is the sharrun nas, the worst one who will be killed by a Nabi and that worst person in this Ummah was Ubay ibn Khalaf in the battle of Uhud he was charging into the enemy lines in the Muslim lines and he was calling out where is Muhammad where is he I need to kill him today and he saw Rasulullah from a distance and started charging towards him on his horse galloping so the Sahaba of course they would defend Rasulullah with their lives with everything they had they would try to protect him so they wanted to stop him and not let him come near but Rasulullah told them hold held him back and said hold your weapons don't attack him let him come near let him come near and he came galloping closer and closer and closer the Sahaba were very scared. Why is the Prophet not letting us stop him? This is an enemy coming at full speed towards Rasulullah. Finally, as he was coming near, Rasulullah asked one of the Sahaba next to him to hand him the spear. And he handed it to Rasulullah. Then Nabi took it in his arms and he threw it at Ubay ibn Khalaf. And the spear, it went and it flew up to him and scratched him on his neck. It was not a very drastic, um, dramatic uh, end where it penetrated his heart or his chest. But rather it just scratched his neck. This is to prove that a scratch by the hand of Rasulullah is sufficient to destroy a person. It doesn't have to be a headshot right in the head or in the chest. A scratch is sufficient. When that scratch happened on his neck, Ubay ibn Khalf started screaming in pain and he fell down off his horse and he returned back to his camp. Abu Sufyan, who later became a Sahabi, anhu, at that time was the leader of the Mushrikeen camp. He 
asked Ubay ibn Khalaf, what is wrong with you? Why are you screaming so much in pain? It is just a scratch on your neck. It is not a big deal. But then Ubay ibn Khalaf replied, do you know who has inflicted the scratch on me? Do you know how it has come? This is from the hand of Muhammad And there is so much pain and agony I feel that I cannot describe. And crying and whimpering and uh, whimping and limpering and uh, and uh, um, begging for mercy, he ended up dying on the way back. He had a lingering death. This is the end of Ubay ibn Khalaf. So this enemy of Islam, he heard that his friend Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt has recited the kalima, and he became enraged. And he did not care to know the story behind it that Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt just read the kalima so the Prophet could eat. That did not appease him. That was not sufficient for him. He was really upset with his friend. So he told Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt that how dare you recite the kalima and I'm very upset with you and this is the end of our friendship. I will never speak to you again and you must never speak to me again. I am cutting off my relationship with you. So Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt, he tried to explain to him that, oh Ubay, don't worry, I have not become Muslim. I have not adopted Islam. I was just concerned about the Prophet ﷺ eating, Muhammad ﷺ eating. That is why I recited the kalima. And Ubay ibn Khalaf said, I don't believe that. Why did you care if he ate or did not eat? Why did you even bother? You should have let him go without eating. If, But you should never have recited the kalima. That is unacceptable. So Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt said that, How can I appease you? How can I make you happy? How can I make you believe that I am not a Muslim? I'm ready to prove it to you in any way you ask. So Ubay ibn Khalaf, na'udhu billah, he asked Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt to do a very, very horrific act to prove his friendship, to prove that he is not a Muslim. Na'udhu billah, thumma na'udhu billah, we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from such a despicable act he asked him that you, if you want me to talk to you and if you want to continue our friendship, then to prove to me that you are not a true Muslim, I need you to go out into the public where Muhammad Sallallahu may be sitting in front of people and na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah, na'udhu billah, go and spit on his noble face. It is so difficult to even utter these words. It is so such a horrific crime on the noble face of Rasulullah on the most beautiful face ever the best of the creation so this Uqba ibn Abi Mu'ayt really wanted the friendship of Ubay ibn Khalaf so much and was under so much negative peer pressure that he said okay fine I will do this deed to regain your friendship that is how important the friendship was to him. And then he went and he did this act, which we do not need to repeat. It's so evil. And after doing the act, Ubayy ibn Khalaf was finally happy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, as any lover of Rasulullah, we love Rasulullah, we would be so upset 
imagine how upset Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these ayat in the Quran in Surah Al-Furqan about Uqba ibn Abi Mu'id and he said وَيَوْمَ on that day on the day of judgment يَعَضُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ when the zalim oppressor will be biting his hands in regret will be chewing up his hands in regret يَقُولُ he'll be saying يَا لَيْتَنِ اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا Oh, I wish I had only taken a path to salvation towards Jannah along with the Rasul of Allah, along with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Wailata Laytani Lam Attahid Fulan and Khalila. Oh woe unto me. If only I did not take such and such person as my intimate friend. Lam Attahid Fulanan, if I did not take so and so as my dear friend I wish I did not take him as my friend meaning I wish I did not take Ubay ibn Khalf as my friend لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ إِذْ جَاءَنِي very truly he is the one who led me astray and misguided me from the remembrance of the Quran after the remembrance of Allah and the deen of Allah had come to me وَكَانَ شَيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خَذُولًا and shaitan is always there to misguide the human beings. So, in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the condition that will come on the day of judgment of Uqba ibn Mu'ayyid. When a person has regrets, he ends up biting his nails or biting the tops of his fingers. But over here, Allah ta'ala talks about so much regret he will have. Why did he have such an evil friend? That he will not be biting only his fingers, he will be biting his hands. He'll be chewing up his hands. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he's speaking about the harmful effects of bad friends, he used generic words here. Oh, I wish I did not make so and so as my friend. Fulanan. He could have mentioned the name Ubay ibn Khalf. Allah Ta'ala does mention the names of his enemies in the Quran, like Fir'aun is mentioned in the Quran, Harun is mentioned in the Quran, Haman is mentioned in the Quran. Then different enemies of Allah, their names are mentioned. Allah Ta'ala could have said, Ya Laytani lam attakhir Ubay ibn Khalfin Khalila. Oh, I wish I did not make Ubay ibn Khalf as my friend. But instead, Allah Ta'ala intentionally used the word Fulanan. To indicate that this situation of regret on the day of judgment by no means is limited to this one incident of Uqba and Ubay, but rather this will also be the same condition of anyone who has bad friends, evil company that take him away from the right path. They will all be regretting on the day of judgment. After they had come on to the right path, how their friends misguided them and took them on the wrong path. So this is a wake-up call for us, young and old alike, men and women. We need to be very watchful of the company we keep, what types of people we associate with. Now everything is locked down, we're staying at home. But once we are up and about again, 
which type of people will we be spending our time with, our leisure time with, and what type of activities do we engage in? Are they fruitful activities, beneficial activities, or wasteful activities, harmful activities? And who is the best person we should adopt as a friend? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned three indicators, three signs. Man dhakarakum billahi ru'yatuhu That person is the best friend. When you see that individual, it, it reminds you of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you see the individual, man dhakarakum billahi ru'yatuhu Just looking at him reminds you of Allah. Wazada fi ilmikum mantiquhu when you hear that friend speak, it increases your knowledge of the deen. When you hear what he has to say, you are enlightened with more knowledge of deen. And when you see that friend's actions, it reminds you about the hereafter, that there is a day coming of that Allah will judge between his creation. This is the person that is worthy of friendship. Otherwise, all of the rest of the friends that we have, that we are so devoted to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them Al-akhillā'u ba'dhuhum li ba'dhin aduwan Al-akhillā'u yawma idhin ba'dhuhum li ba'dhin aduwan illa al-muttaqīn All the friends on that day they will end up becoming enemies of one another on the day of judgment except for those whose friendship was based on taqwa If the friendship was based on taqwa and fear of Allah ta'ala then that type of friendship will be beneficial not only in this dunya, in the qabr, but also on the day of judgment. However, if the basis of the friendship was some other material need, then as soon as that need is fulfilled, that friendship evaporates. And definitely it will not be there on the day of judgment. No friend will be able to help another friend without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Rasulullah sallallahu has already told us that al-mar'u ala dini khalidihi a man will remain on the deen of his friend. A man will be on the deen of his friend. So every one of you should ponder and reflect and be careful in choosing and selecting the company he keeps and who does he befriend. Let, you, let him look very closely. Let him examine. Let him investigate which one he adopts for his friend. And if we do not find such people, then there is a hadith of Rasulullah uh, Remaining in solitude, remaining alone, is better than having an evil friend, evil companion. And having a good companion, a righteous companion, is better than remaining in solitude. So the best thing is if we find righteous people to spend our time with, will increase our knowledge of deen, will remind us of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala whose actions will remind us of the hereafter that is the best possible scenario but if we are still not able to find such friends then the, the only safe option is to remain in solitude to remain alone may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to find good company and it is more and more challenging and difficult in these times Umar radiallahu anhu in the second generation when one tabi'i asked him for some advice he told him alayka bil khalil as-salih muqallama tajidhu hold on firmly alayka means ilzam hold on stick on to don't let go of khalil as-salih a righteous friend but Umar radiallahu anhu already told him back then muqallama tajidhu and very few you will find 
very few you will find in the best era so how about nowadays how difficult it is but we have to ensure not only your friends when it comes to uh, business partners when it comes to associates when it comes to marriage partners potential spouses in all of these relationships that we can select we cannot choose our parents our siblings but when it comes to these relationships that we have an option to select then we should always give preference to the deen and people of the deen in in arabic there's a saying utlubul jar qabla dar seek out a good neighbor before you buy the home jar is the neighbor and dar is the home utlubul jar qabla dar before the dar before the home make sure you have a good jar good neighbor <coughs> so good neighbor good spouse good business partners good friends good people you associate with it will give you that righteous company will help you in the long run this will make it easy for you to inculcate taqwa in your life and that is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha wa kunu ma'as sadiqin or those who believe inculcate taqwa of allah ta'ala and remain in the company of the true servants of allah may allah ta'ala grant us such righteous company wa akhiru da'wana an alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin